Boom. Hi, everypony, and welcome to Macintosh and Mod, the show about My Little Pony from two adults who love it in spite of their children. Welcome to Macintosh and Mod. I'm Diana, aka Mod. And I'm David, aka Macintosh. It's our season five wrap up podcast. It's a wrap up. It's summer wrap up, summer wrap up. You just can't help yourself. Never. All right. So if you've never listened to one of these before, this is where we take a look back at the episodes from this season and we talk about our favorite moments or episodes for a character, things we liked, things we didn't like from the season. And then we're also going to talk about BaroniCon. So what do you want to start with? Hmm. I mean, we should start with our faves from the main six, right? Okay. So favorite Twilight. No, we're just doing episodes this time because... Sometimes it's a very specific moment and sometimes it's the whole episode. It just kind of depends on the character. Yeah, I know. For I, I went episodes this time around just because trying to remember moments is mm-hmm. so hard. It's amending fences. Ah, uh, Yes. That one's very good. I think there's lots of important moments, but that's the episode this season where Twilight is confronted with a lot. Yeah, she's confronted with her past apathy towards friendship and her just laser focus on learning. And she's been laser focused on learning about friendship Mm -hmm. and hasn't always been forced to practice it Mm -hmm. in such a really like in your face way. It just kind of happens based on the other stuff she's trying to take care of as a princess. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That was that was the big one for me for Twilight this season. I definitely love that. But for me, it's what about Discord? Yeah, that's a good one. And, and part of the reason why I love that is it wasn't she learned something, but she didn't then turn it around onto teaching somebody else. It was about her. And her problem. Yeah. No. And and facing, you know, she thinks, well, I'm I'm the princess of friendship. I can't be jealous. And it's like, yeah, you can. And you are. Jealousy is and, jealousy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a really awesome way to tackle that issue with with friends. That's It's such a hard thing. And I just thought that was so well done. And I really liked that for her character. I also really love that her friends told her, hey, it's okay if you feel jealous. Yeah. Like, that's not a bad it, thing. It reminds me a little bit of the Too Many Pinkie Pies episode because Pinkie Pie had a similar issue, but her way of dealing with it was that she didn't make a choice. She yeah. didn't want to choose between her friends because everything sounded fun. And here Twilight made a choice, but she feels bad about having been left out because of the choice she made. Rainbow Dash has done the FOMO decide not to make a choice instead of trying to decide one way or the the other yep so no this is just really good layering on top of things that we've already looked at from one lens so i i loved that for twilight all right okay who's next it's applejack applejack i mean this one's this one's easy it's main attraction there's only one episode this whole season that's really focused on applejack and she's got to reckon with Someone in her past. Mm-hmm. And what's nuanced about it, the the lesson that she's got to learn is that people do change. That doesn't mean that you can't still be friends with them. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody's not who you thought they used to be doesn't mean that the core of that person isn't there. See, that's not what that episode's about. Okay. 
That episode is about someone getting lost in what someone else has put on them for who they're supposed to be. Applejack knew her friend. And when she meets this new person, she's changed and she's different. And Applejack's like, you're not the friend I used to have. And that's okay. What Applejack did was not great because she's trying to force this friend into like admitting that something's off or different. And this is not who she is. Because it could have been who she was. And that could should have been fine, too. It's okay to not be friends with someone after a period of time. Yeah. But that was more about forcing Coloratura to realize that she had changed and in some ways against what she had wanted. Yeah. That episode's not about Applejack. For me, it's going to be Hearthbreakers. Oh, I forget about Hearthbreakers. And yeah. Is it too late to change mine? No. But it's Hearthbreakers. It is Hearthbreakers. She, She... flexed hard in a bad way and really looked down on other people's traditions just because they were unfamiliar to her. Oh, yeah. And so that that lesson was really good. And I, I, I love the interaction between the, the pie and the apple family. It's great. Well, yes. I mean, hello. That one was good. It was good. And a shout out to Made in Manhattan. That's just a fun one. It is. a. F- I really did think about that one, too. But it's not a it's not a big one. It's just fun to see Applejack and Rarity not butting heads with each other and actually figuring out how they work well together. Well, they they do butt heads a little bit, but in their way. But I I you know, that one was a little bit cuter for Rarity because like I like that she just buys her hat and replaces her crappy one and it's like, okay, we've replaced this. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of fact. Yeah. Well, speaking of rarity. Oh, we're jumping straight to Rarity. Well, I mentioned her, so favorite Rarity episode. Rarity is hard this season. She is. She's She's got like two or three really good episodes. And I should say, since we're talking about her now, she is ending the season with a 7.5. That's pretty awesome. She she jumped up and then she just stayed there. I know. So she got three really focused episodes on her this season. Yeah. I feel like there's an obvious choice, and I didn't go for it. I actually picked Rarity Investigates. That's the one I picked. Awesome. Because it is such a great use of her dramatic flair and her her love of costumes, and the, she's got a costume change every five minutes. It was, it was a wonderful gimmick to tell their story, and it was so fun. And the twist being that... In all of this rarity drama, mm-hmm. she's actually solving a problem for a friend. Mm-hmm. And you don't think that's happening because you're with Rainbow Dash half the time. Yeah. Why are we looking at a cake shop? Why are we talking about what's under their fingernails or something? Mm-hmm. And then it turns out Rarity knew the, the plan all along and it was all based on that. I thought about Canterlot Boutique. Because it really is the central focus episode for her. I really, again, I really like that message in that one. That one was about, you know, you get what you want and then you realize, oh, I don't want this. This Mm -hmm. is not what I want. That's also very important. But this one was so fun. It was. It took her dramatic side and put it to good use and used it for a little bit more humor and played with Rainbow Dash, and that was fine. And I just really loved that episode. It's just a great glimpse of when when written well, what rarity can be for this show. Yes. Awesome. I didn't think we were going to go both go for that one, but that's fun. And since I mentioned her, Rainbow Dash. I went with Tanks for the Memories. Yep. It's such a good episode. Now, I have to say, this season, Rainbow Dash has had a lot of more meta moments with like, ooh. 
touche <laughs> like, <laughs> like people are calling her out on her stuff and she's just kind of like yeah you're right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah well, like, you're not wrong <laughs> which i love but the tanks for your memory i just you know she wants to attack things with brute force yeah and she couldn't do that here and she had to let go and just that whole ugh. I thinking about it makes me cry. Just that whole like I'm gonna wait a little longer. She's reading to tank in the snow. Well, and and just the holding on to your emotions and attacking a situation in the most emotionally harmful way possible, and then finally when confronted, and Fluttershy just tells her she needs to cry, and then she just lets loose. She said, fine, that's Rainbow Dash for not good. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> that was so... Oh, that one was hard, and it was so good. Like, the payoff was really good. Oh, yeah, no. That's a rough episode, but mm. it's adorable, and it's very Rainbow Dash. Mm-hmm. All right, Fluttershy. Scaremaster. Uh, I know there's lots of other choices. I love Scaremaster for the assertiveness of Fluttershy. Mm. The It's all of the stuff we love about Fluttershy. And watching Fluttershy give her bravest face forward on a night that she absolutely hates. And then at the end of it, after having done all of that work, mm. To then reassert herself and go, by the way, I don't ever want to do this again. I'm so torn between that and make new friends, but keep Discord. I love make new friends and keep Discord. I, I know. We love that episode as a whole. Because there, again, she's she's doing such a good job of setting boundaries and expectations, which is, again, super important with friendships. What I like about Scaremaster is that it was that feeling of being left out. Yeah. Her friends are perfectly fine with the fact that this is not her thing. Yeah. They are not trying to make her feel left out at all. They're they're being really respectful of that. They're super excited that she's thinking about doing it because but, she's never done it. And they are trying to treat that with as much respect as possible to include her because, of course, they want their friend to be involved and they want to make it safe and okay. And that's not working out. So Fluttershy is trying to repay that kindness with, okay, I'm going to, like, Twilight, she has that wonderful idea. What if you're doing the scaring? You can be in control of the thing. You know what's going on. Awesome idea. Perfect, like, lovely problem solving. Great job, Twilight Sparkle. And Fluttershy is amazing at it. <laughs> and I love it. I do. I do love that. She's just like, I may be really good at this, but I don't like it. I don't like scaring people. Mm -hmm. But I I love that she was willing to try. Oh, yeah. She tried. So, yeah, no, it's Scaremaster. All right, and then we've got Pinkie Pie. If I'm going based off of a historical sense of what's the most pinky episode, Mm -hmm. it's party pooped for me. Mm -hmm. We can disagree. I love watching Pinkie get super excited and then get overexcited, mm-hmm. and then be stressed out excited. And it's so fascinating to watch her be like, I I can't handle this. Oh, no, this is bad. <laughs> I just, I really, I love that episode for how kind of off the rails she goes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because it's not something we've really seen her go so far with. That episode is truly nuts. And I had that one was a really hard one for me personally to do since I do our imitation of Pinkie Pie. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, that one hurt for a couple days. Yeah. It was fun, though. I loved doing it because just to play someone that excited about things is really fun. I am more of the mod pie in that I don't express my excitement in the same way. Like, it's, it, you can see it on my face. I just don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we're different. For me, it's going to have to be the one where Pinkie Pie knows. It's it's one A and one B on either side. B, I I just love the length to which Pinkie Pie is trying not to ruin something that is going to be so cool. Yeah, and then I love how meta she gets with herself. <laughs> she's I've been handing out too many of these Pinkie promises. Uh-huh. I've been getting really. <laughs> I gotta get more stingy with this. It's so like. I just, uh, there's something about that vein is great. And then how frustrated she gets with people on the scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. And she just throws the crib out. It's so fun. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> just, uh, that, uh, it was too fun. Grabbing the babies while Twilight's still trying to figure things out. Being like, babies, babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Getting mad at Mayor Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or like Mayor Mayor wanted to be like, you know, I know, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so great. All right. Spike. He only had one episode this season. So that's kind of an easy one. But do we have a Spike moment that we loved? I mean, no, because Princess Spike is really the only thing I can think of that's really a good focus on him. I do love his running commentary in episodes like Amending Fences. Yes. Him being the actual sidekick to the Twilight episodes, he gets really introspective and a little more just like plain to Twilight. Like, yo, you're missing the point. Well, there's that. And also he's been acting a lot more this season as the exposition man, as opposed to making the ponies do it so much. So I've been enjoying that. I feel like this season they pulled Spike back a little bit because we have complained that They've given him episodes where he didn't need one or he shouldn't have had one. Yeah. So I feel like maybe this season they pulled him back a little bit. And I like that because they've made, he's still very much like, he's not a pet. No. But he's a very important sidekick. And so I love that. And that's great. The best thing I can think of is his episode. It's Princess Spike. And I think it's a really good episode, especially for him. He comes at this task of wanting to do something really good for Twilight. He's coming from a good place, but it just got out of control and uh, he didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. So, okay, that's that's the main six plus Spike. Who's our favorite of the main six? Oh, this season? Still Fluttershy, right? I mean, I can't. I've just started mentally every time Fluttershy says something, just adding bitch to the end of it. Like... We bought two cakes, bitch. (laughs) I just keep doing that in my head and it brings me so much joy. I'm a year older than you, (laughs) bitch. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, I I still think she's the best. I really do. I love how I feel like Rarity's grown, but we still haven't gotten to that full potential there yet that I can can see. I saw a lot more this season. Yeah. I mean, she did jump up quite a bit. Most improved goes to Rarity for sure. I th- I think that's fair. But it's still Fluttershy. Yeah, Fluttershy still rocks. All right, we're on to top three, bottom three. Ooh, okay. Uh, I or guess... top things, bottom things. Okay. Because there's a lot good this season. There is... I'm trying to think of what my bottoms are. I've got a couple. Okay, you start. The cutie map is a total bust this season. I love the concept, but they don't use it 
nearly enough and nearly well enough. They interrupted this season to give us very specific episodes. Yeah. And so like we got the Made in Manhattan and then we got the Brotherhood Social and those went back to back. Like this is what's happening when this is going on, which is fine. But again, why wasn't the cutie map calling everybody to Ponyville to deal with this friendship problem here? And so they inter- they introduced a device that's awesome, but it's it's just not it's not used well. It should have been through at least half of the episodes. Mm-hmm. But part of the problem with that device is it's a means for them to give exposition for places they haven't gone yet. Which I'm fine with. And that's a great way to expand the universe. But my other problem is every time they did it, they had them go in pairs. Exactly. Which is fine. But then again, we have three rarity episodes back to back. Yeah. Which was not good or needed. Now, granted, one of those was one of the better episodes of the season. But they should have had been like, okay, we're going to send just Rainbow Dash here. We're going to send just Fluttershy here and and do it that way. It didn't hurt the ultimate message of their season. No. But it's a loose thread that's pretty glaring throughout Mm -hmm. for me. Okay. Do you have any? I mean, Brotherhood of Socials. Brotherhood of Socials, really at the top of the list. It's a big problem. It's just so inartfully done. And as we pointed out, There are moments when courting controversy is done for a very specific plot purpose. Mm -hmm. This is not one of those moments. Because as we figured out, to have this conflict happen, he never has to dress that way. That never had to be a part of the plot in order to make this episode work. And that's usually my judgment on that. Is if it was necessary to do that to get the point across, mm-hmm. then it's a different story. Well, and if it if it could have just been this is how far he's willing to go for his little sister, that point could have been made in a quick moment and didn't have to be for the whole episode. Yep. And so they did not have a sensitivity read on that script. Not at all. So that is a that is a big yuck, which is unfortunate again because it's one of our favorite characters that they kind of yucked up. And the message is beautiful. The, at the, the end message of that is it's which is sad because yeah. it's so tainted by this yuck part. It's a it's a really just glaring bad moment for the rest of the season, which was quite honestly really good. Yeah. Those were the only two things I really found. Okay. I didn't feel like there was that much filler. I felt like it was awkward, and that's because of the cutie map stuff that we talked about. Yeah, it just, it, it wasn't organic. And I I also feel like, okay, so you had those two episodes that were, this is what's going on here, this is going on there. Why didn't we do that more? So the cutie map, like, why didn't we see the cutie map call everybody, but not everybody's going to the same place at the same time? Like, cutie map's always making you go. Y'all got friendship problems to deal with. Let's go. Well, and I mean... I don't know that we're done with the cutie map. We're not. I, I I mean, that's the other side of it. But I hope that they figure out this is kind of a big thing that we've put into this show. We need to be a little more thoughtful how we're going to use it. I have faith in them. On to top three. Okay. What are your top threes? We got way deeper on friendship this season. We did. We got into more adult or like complex friendship problems. Yeah. Like jealousy, feeling left out, growing up. I mean, this will tie into our discussion a little bit with BronyCon, but this really does feel like that moment where they've recognized we have a significant adult fan base, Mm -hmm. and how can we give messages that resonate with them 
that will still be understood by our regular target audience. Well, there's there's also this thing where the viewers who who have been with the show from the beginning, you know, let's say they're six, they're in the target demographic. Right. They're six. We're five years later. Yeah. We're that 11. Tar- we're 11 now. And so your problems have turned into 11-year-old problems. Yeah. And so what I like what they've done with these characters that they've shown they've allowed them to grow and I feel like one of the best examples of that and one of the best episodes this season is Crusaders of the Lost Mark. Yeah. I legitimately did not like the Cutie Mark Crusaders in the beginning. Despite the fact that Call Cutie Mark Crusaders is one of the best episodes of the series. Oh, I know. And cracks me up beyond belief. <laughs> but that episode, I did not think we would get. I was really concerned that we would get through the whole series of the show and they would never get their cutie marks. They'd be tiny little fillies forever. So I was really happy that we got this. And not only did we get that, we got insight to our villain, the Cutie Mark Crusader's main villain, Diamond Tiara, and gave a cause and a reason for why she is the way she is. Yeah, and it's rough. And it's deep. And I also, oh, and it's a callback to that very few first episode with them. So I feel like that really ties up the whole, our audience has started to grow up a little bit. And it was so beautiful. And it did not make me cry until we went through it with our guest, Sarah Kinney. But oh my God, that's one of the best episodes of the season. Yep. My second top three thing is probably my favorite episode of the season, which is Slice of Life. (gasps) The 100th episode, which is like, I mean, we said this when we recorded it, but that episode could not have been more tailored to David and I. It's so perfect. The whole episode is for the background ponies, which we like to call rando ponies. Yes. And it was so fun. Uh Uh-huh. It was just fun. Still had a great message to it. Yeah. Still had a great idea with it. But they got to play around with all of these characters that they've had that they've been able to drop moments of. And they got to give a wink to their fandom, which, I mean, okay, like we're going to get more into it, but... Emmy Larson, who's been one of the main writers and people for the show, and Jason Thiessen, who's been one of the biggest directors he did the movie for the show as well, they talked about like how much did the stuff that happened at conventions and fan stuff get into the actual writer's room. And none. They just turn it all completely off. They pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. And then M.A. Larson, well, with the exception of Slice of Life. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is fair. That was the fan episode. And that's the really amazing thing about it to me, mm-hmm. is that, yes, it is a fan episode. But it still has everything that is valued in the show it still tells the story that they would want to tell. Mm-hmm. And it's not pandering other than giving the audience a chance to get to hear from these characters. Yeah. That's it. That's the only way that they quote unquote pandered. And to me, that's an amazing feat to do it's, for what is essentially a fan service episode. It's it's a love note to the fans. It is. And that's totally okay. It fit perfectly and also played on the joke that all these other ponies have lives uh-huh. when when they're off on adventures you know we still got to plant the plants we still got to make the clothes and bake the cakes and all that stuff and i, I love that and fight monsters with our secret service a bug bear. Yeah, uh, yeah a bugbear 
It's great. The book oh no, there. he found me. He found me. <laughs> Which is the funniest thing in the world. Oh, Lyra and Bon Bon. You'll crack me up. It's so sweet. Funny. Technically, it's Sweetie Drops. Anything else? It's the flip side of the cutie map is that we got some new places to go explore. Yep. We got Griffinstone. We got... Gekistan. We got to go to the place with the Fields of McColts. We got an expanding universe. And I know that's just a start of where they're going with it, mm-hmm. but it's fun to get to throw some new things out there with that. Yeah. We also went to Starlight Glimmer's Equality Cult. Yeah, I would say that that's my next favorite thing is Starlight Glimmer. I put Starlight Glimmer in here too. It's surprising because I think we've been tangentially as we had just sort of watched bits and pieces mm-hmm. before we started this, been like, really? I don't get it. I don't get why you're introducing a new pony that feels a lot like Twilight. You know, we've we've dissected Starlight Glimmer a good chunk in, in the four episodes that she's featured. And I was kind of adverse to like, ugh, you know, switching up the cast. This is just a classic TV move. Yeah. But there's a point to her. Mm-hmm. And her friendship problem is very, very important. And is, again, going back to more grown-up problems. Yeah. I like that. And I also like that they had this villain that they have now redeemed. And I know we will continue to work with her going forward in the series. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing more Starlight Glimmer. Yeah. It's just, it's nice to have sort of a mirror version of Twilight. She's not a mirror. She's not a mirror. She's more powerful than Twilight. Yeah, that's true. She's more skilled at magic than Twilight which I think is really interesting for Twilight. Yeah. It it actually makes Twilight more interesting because she was kind of boring this season. <laughs> nah. Eh, that's fine. I re- but I love the meta commentary no, that they totally. do with that. Over- I'm bored! <laughs> I loved I love bored Twilight. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Just so. a princess in a castle. I have nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Yep, that's, that's all I got, too. Favorite rando pony of the season. Ooh, okay. I've got I've got three in descending order up to my favorite. Okay. Who's your number three? My number three is Lemon Honey from Amending Fences. That's a great one. She's so cute. She looks exactly like her reference character, which again, I, I love it when they do that. Oh, she's so great. And she was picked by our guest Thomas Howitt mm-hmm. on that episode. My number three is Biddy Broomtail. Mm, yeah, she was very cute. By Liz Nordenholt from Appaloosa's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Adorable Texas cow lady pony, but not my favorite. Mm -hmm. What's your number two? Fine print. Ooh, fine print's a good one. The Christian Bale Newsies (laughs) one. That's from number 16, Made in Manhattan. He's rugged. He's entertaining. Uh I went with the quadrupeds, (laughs) our Beatles ponies. Okay. That one, the reveal of that, the randomness of Pinkie Pie and... How perfectly they pulled off those Beatles puns. It's very good. It's very, very good, but not my favorite. Who's your number one? My number one is going to be from episode 10, Princess Spike, Quiet Gestures. Hell yeah, Quiet <laughs> Gestures. <laughs> it's the mime. The cutest <laughs> mime pony. Is that the one you picked? Ever, yes. <laughs> We're so in sync this time. I kind of hate that. That's <laughs> no, fine. I was like, I love all these. Oh, that's tough. But quiet gestures. Just the reference picture you have of that pony alone is the most adorable thing. It's a cute pony to begin with. But then for them to use that as her name Uh 
is just so pin the tail on the pony perfect. It just <laughs> is. And I cannot I cannot stray from an adorable pun. Oh, it's too good. It is too good. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's that's it for season five. That's it for season five. Yeah. But we have a little more to talk about. Yeah. So we went to this little thing called BronyCon. Yeah. In Baltimore. This is their last year doing it. I know there's going to be more conventions. There's going to be bronies forever. This is the last time that this particular group organization is going to be organizing and hosting this convention. And that's that's fine. Running cons is a lot of work. I've done it. <laughs> it's a lot. What did what did we like about the con? What did we like? We we did go to several panels. Yes, we did. We didn't do any autograph signings or anything like that. That's um, not just that's not our thing. And I'm always of the opinion I'm like I don't have such a strong feeling about that. And there's so many people who want to get those autographs, and I'm like, let somebody else have my spot. I I love this show, and it has meant a lot to us for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. And I'm just not in a place where having a moment with one of the voice actors or writers or directors where I would be able to say something of meaning for me, where I I don't have a spot where it would be like, what you did here meant this to me. That's not to say that I don't have those feelings. I'm just not in a place where I know how and exactly to who I would want to express that to. Yeah. That will probably change by the time we get to the end of season nine. We haven't, we also haven't seen the whole arc of what they've done yet. True. So that's kind of hard to feel that way. And that's also a really, was a really bizarre thing. Oh yeah. Because season nine is currently airing. And as of our recording, the finale had been leaked. Yes. And we were at the con and actually nothing at the con got spoiled for me. Like one tidbit that I felt like I had heard came out but it's not a spoiler it's kind of like yeah that makes sense whatever and so that was weird and to actually like whenever i was talking to people to be like oh yeah i haven't seen that what oh no and then you get into the whole like well this is our podcast and this is what we're doing and once we started the podcast we stopped watching the new one so that when we get to them y'all can experience it with us having fresh eyes on it yeah yeah it's a little weird <laughs> it, it is weird to be surrounded by that many people who are up to date Mm -hmm. on top of it super knowledgeable obsessed yeah like we look like tame old people compared to some (laughs) of those people awesome uh saw some adorable children some really amazing cosplay oh yeah uh just i was impressed we went to a good chunk of panels we played the game of we're going to wait in line for an hour and a half to make sure that we can get into the panel that we want to get into yes so we made some line friends and that was very enjoyable also talked to some other really cool parents shout out to the parents who took their children to BronyCon because they're like this is the only thing they're interested in so we're we're, we're just here that's awesome good for you parents mm-hmm I mentioned earlier, we listened to Emmy Larson and Jason Thiessen. That was pretty fun because those guys are goofy. They're goofy. And I think the the biggest takeaway from that, A, like we talked about, they try to filter out the fandom because as Larson put it, you don't want us making you a fan service show. You want us to make the show you knew and loved. Yeah, like you're coming here because the thing we made without your input, you loved. So they just try to, they cancel it out ex- with the exception of the 100th episode. Okay. So I really like that. I also liked that they talked about, they're not allowed to say cider anymore <laughs> because it can too closely resemble alcohol. Exactly. And so when they did the super s- squeezy sp- cider 
3,000. 6,000. Is it 6,000? Super, Super speedy, speedy cider. Squeezy. 6,000. 6, I used to have it when we did the episode. I had it down. Uh-huh. Um, that that was just somehow they magically got it through. Because like, if you look at it, it looks like beer. Yeah. Uh, and just like some of those things. They talked a little bit about how, you know, like someone will throw out a super inappropriate joke and they'll be like, can we dial that back to make it work for the show? Where can we go? And and then that's how they get those moments that play mostly to adults as opposed to children, which I think Pixar has has won the game on being able to do that effectively. <laughs> I think the other big thing I took away from that panel was they came into the industry just after the runs of the new Warner Brothers cartoons mm-hmm. and Ren and Stimpy and Klasky Supo and the Nickelodeon stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they said, Cartoons were about cynicism for a really long time. That's the environment that we came into and learned under. Mm -hmm. To come into a show that was so purely earnest and not cynical Mm -hmm. was so different. And I think that speaks to how this show, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's directly been the cause of this, but I think it's one factor of many for how cartoons and animation in a lot of ways have become super earnest for kids now. We wouldn't have things like She-Ra or Adventure Time without My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. No. We wouldn't. We just wouldn't because this really is from a place of hope and kindness. This is a wildly different show yeah. than what had been out there. We got to see a panel with Lauren Faust and Bonnie Zacherly. Yep. Uh, Lauren Faust, of course, created this show. She's not been with the show since season two, and Bonnie Zacherly is the one who is credited with creating My Little Pony. Yes, the original uh, toy. The original toy. And so we got to we got to hear them talk about it and kind of some of their differences and some of the things that they went through. I then went to a talk with Bonnie Zacherly where she went through her development. She used to work for Mattel. And so there were a couple, there was one, My Pretty Pony came first. And so I went through all of her history. She actually has a book detailing all of that. She was a cartoonist. Mm. And so that's kind of how this all came about. And that was really enjoyable to hear. We went to a talk with Kathy Westluck, who is the voice of Spike the Dragon. Mm-hmm. And she is the most delightful human being in the world. Yes. Yes, she is. Hilarious. So, like, she would just slip into her Spike voice so many times and just make jokes. Like, what does Spike love uh, besides rarity? And it was just so cute and sweet. And she she loves the fans as much as the fans love her. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed hearing her talk. She talked a lot about being in the voice acting industry, which we enjoy. We We do. We enjoyed hearing that as podcasters. Mm -hmm. What else did we go to? We went to uh, the history of the toys. Yes. Which was great. There's a speaker who had a collection of toys and just kind of went through how they had kind of changed from generation one, generation two, and then how things changed with the television series and the media that got associated with them. It's really kind of funny. She had this little clip about Rarity and Rainbow Dash and how their personalities have swapped over between generations. Yeah. And then we just hung around and saw lots of pony fans. 
So a lot of pony fans, we talk to a lot of people online. We give out a bajillion stickers and buttons. And uh, we saw some good listener friends. We met a few of you in person, which was awesome. Yes. We met a lot of people who intend on going to Harmony Con here in Texas in February. So we'll see y'all all there. It was, we had a lot of fun. Vendor hall filled with beautiful stuff. So many really amazing artists do work with this show. And lots of other shows, but I mean, there's mm-hmm. some really amazing stuff out there. I got to buy an obscene amount of stickers from my favorite artist that I found. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will link to her as well. Uh, her stuff is amazing. I bought one of every one of her stickers. And of course. I, and like, I'm hoarding them. I almost don't want to use them because then I won't have them anymore. <laughs> but they're great. We just had a really good experience. We didn't really know what to expect. This was our first pony convention at all so we just kind of went being like okay i hope we get into some panels oh we didn't even get to talk about that they had a stable top games yes and we went and we got to we played tales of equestria which was so fun we had a lovely gm he, yes. he was great we had a table full of players and with varying degrees of experience but we had a really good time it was fun i definitely would be playing that game again so yeah, we had a lovely time next year there's not going to be a BronyCon. Everfree Northwest is happening during that weekend, but we're probably going to try to go to Gen Con, but yep. we will be at Harmony Con, and we are looking into some other conventions that we might try to go to. We will notify you and poke you if we decide to come your way. Mm-hmm. So that's it for season five and BronyCon. That's true. But there's still four more seasons of the show to cover. Oh, boy. Are you up for it? I guess. I kind of have to be, don't I? Yeah. We're already in this deep. We're halfway done. We're over halfway. That's true. We're completionists. We have to finish. (laughs) As usual, when we finish season, we're taking a little break. We'll be back at the beginning of October with the beginning of our season six coverage. In the meantime, we're going to be looking at a little bit of My Little Pony Patreon coverage. I think we're going to hit some of the old school other generation videos and movies that are on Netflix. Oh, boy. Which I think will be so fun after getting some of the development history from the convention. I think it'll be fun to watch those with that lens. That could be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Could be horrifying. Could be. Not Um, sure which. We're also thinking about doing a live watch of some things where we're going to turn it on and we're just going to turn our microphones and we're going to comment while we watch some things. (laughs) Uh, Uh, So you can hear how we talk about things in real time because sometimes we're hilarious and sometimes we're just flat out mean oh yeah both can be fun it's true yeah so if you are not yet a patreon member you can do so at patreon.com slash macintosh and mod the two dollar and up level you get access to all of our patreon content across our entire network so that's macintosh and mod macintosh and mod haven't seen what and the doghouse as well as all of our coverage of the chilling adventures of sabrina on netflix so much We have a lot of stuff on there. We do. We do. And we like doing it. And when we finally get to a certain number of patrons, we're going to make David watch Mean Girls. He has never seen Mean Girls. And that's a travesty. (laughs) Uh, That needs to happen so he can get more cultural references. It's true. And then because it's also a musical, we're going to make him listen to that because it's also really good and fun. It's actually pretty good. I was surprised. Also, as of the release of this episode, all of season five of Macintosh and Mod should be available for your listening pleasure on YouTube. One of the big pieces of feedback that we got from BronyCon was that a lot of their consumption of pony media is on YouTube. Yep. Whether or not there is video associated with it, they go through YouTube more. So we're going to try out. We put all of season five up. 
We're going to see how that goes. And we'll start putting the previous seasons on. And hopefully with season six, we'll have those regularly updating as we go. Yep. So if, if that's your preferred method of listening. Then or, you can, if, uh... or if you've got a friend who you've been dying to get into the show, but they're like, I'm not going on iTunes. You can say, well, guess what? Now they're on YouTube. Heck yeah. And just search Macintosh and Mod. You can find us. All right. Until next time. Bye, every pony. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.